Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, Bears fans. This Thursday edition of the CHGO Bears podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up. What is going on, everybody? You know what it is. It's the CHGO Audible Day, our weekly in-depth game preview, all aimed to make you the most informed Bears fan on game day, even in a game like what we're about to experience here on Sunday. Will DeWitt joined by Nicholas Moriano. Nick, what's up, man? So not well. Um, I, let me ask you something real quick. Is it weird to have Lumonati's for for breakfast? Because that's literally what I just got done doing right before I jumped on here. Is that a weird thing? I think it's weirder that you're having breakfast in uh, like eleven thirty in the morning, Nick. That's just. I mean, I've gotten. I think it was the back in Iowa where I got used to not eating until about noon, eleven thirty ish. Like I guess it was like intermediate fasting, but. Yeah, I just don't get too, too hungry unless it's the weekend. I can always go for like a big breakfast at like Wildberry or Place or something like that. But just wanted to throw that out there. No, I, I think. What did you have? Like, obviously, pizza, right? Pizza for breakfast is a thing. Deep dish sausage. Um, My cousin actually works at one of the Lumonati's locations just maybe two minutes away. He's like, hey, you want some pizza? I'm like, yes, yes. I, I can, you can't say no. So, yeah, that's uh, that was breakfast and dinner yesterday. There you go. Hey, you're making the most of your leftovers. I, I think that is a sign of being an adult. So congratulations, Nick. Steve B, already in the chat, excited about today's show with you and I. Thanks for uh, that comment. We already got Chris saying that cold pizza for breakfast is fire. See, you're, you're on top of it. So it's not weird at all. Uh, maybe it's weird. You think it's weird, Nick? Yeah, maybe that's what it is. It's weird. I think it's weird. But how have you been, Will? <laughs> I've been good. I've been good. Just gearing up for the holidays and with the baby and, you know, spo- spoiling the hell out of him and oh, so yeah. many different things. Uh, a kitchenette came in for him and a drum set thing. And it's going to be a loud household here very soon. And uh, he's been doing good. And I don't know if, the, if you were on the show on Monday night with Greg at that point, but we decided to give AJ a cell phone for Christmas, his first ever phone. So it's we're reaching that point of parenthood uh, for him. So that's wish us luck because I, I've already got some parental control apps on it and I'm testing. Uh, but still, it's kind of scary to give him like the whole keys to the kingdom in a way of like, hey, here's the phone. Have fun. Yeah, I remember those days. I think it was like seventh grade where I got my first phone. What was it? It wasn't. A, I think it was a razor. Right. That was mine. Do you remember? Yeah, the razor. I felt so cool flipping it up. I'm like, yeah, I got this. My uncle used to work at Motorola, so we got to get some of the newer phones. And yeah, that's a that's a big, it's a big step, though. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing updates and also seeing um, Liam on the drums there. Yeah, watch out <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I had a razor, and then I hit, my second phone was a Crazer, which is like a skinny version, and that thing caught on yeah. fire one night while charging. What the hell? That's, yeah. See, that's you got to be careful with that. You know, good thing we're uh, we're way advanced now in our cell phone technology. But let's get in. We have a game to preview. And of course, in this episode, we're going to discuss keys to both sides on the ball, how they can succeed, determine who has the edge, share our weekly X factors, our bold predictions brought to you by Green Ridge Farm and a whole lot more. And of course, if you're here in the chat, ask some questions throughout the show. Sarah, our awesome producer, she's on the back end here today. She'll be starting them up. That way we can kind of bring them up on screen at the end of the show. We love to end our shows with some of your Bears questions. So with that, let's get started with our one-liner, Nick. Bears, Eagles, what is it? It's David versus Goliath. That's what it is, Will, when you look at both these two teams and what's going to happen on Sunday, where they're both at, too, uh, in terms of their aspirations for the 2022 season. So 
it's a matchup where you look on any phase, you're going to probably lean the Eagles. Just spoiler alert there. That's what that's how I'm viewing this. And I think that's how a lot of Bears fans are. But we'll see what happens on Sunday. Excellent. I'm at uh, something that you kind of put into my mind on Monday night, which is kind of sit back and enjoy. Enjoy the show for what it is. Enjoy getting to see one of the better teams in the league. Take some lessons on how the Bears can kind of get closer to that next season. And the matchup within the matchup. Hurts first, Justin Fields. I think that's something that should be able to provide some fireworks. So just enjoy it for what it is. And at the end of the day, if the end result's not a win, that should still help the Bears for draft position. I'm working on my like rooting guide. And yes. based off of my calculations, if the Bears win this game, they can drop down to six. Like, that's worst-case scenario this week. So being in the second overall pick last week all the way down to six, eh, I don't know how that sits in my stomach just yet. But we're not here to talk about the drafts. We're here to talk about this game. So also, I think the comment from Sarah is she doesn't know what a Razor or a Crazer phone was, which is blows my mind. Oh, we're not that old. No uh, way. No way. We're oh my there, gosh. Nick. I just turned 28 a couple what weeks or a week and a half ago. Oh no. That's <laughs> that's okay. Don't worry. That's all right. I'm at the three oh man. I'm already in that next decade and it's uh yeah. All right. Offensive <laughs> keys. Let's go to you first, Nick. What's your first key to success on offense? Because this is a damn good Eagles defense the Bears are going up against and I want to know what you believe the Bears have to do to at least make something happen. Yeah, for me, well, uh, just kind of looking at all the matchups, but the first one is just make the ordinary passes. And that was something that Matt Eberflus wanted Justin Fields to work on over the bye week. And that means the checkdowns, the plays that the defense is giving you, because I think a lot of this game is going to come down to that because the Eagles are going to give up a lot of ex explosive plays downfield. They have that defensive line that, rotates and rotates but Justin Fields and that's something that he wants to also work on taking those checkdowns this is a game where you're probably going to be forced to do that but that's not necessarily a, a bad thing because you can move the ball downfield that way it just makes it a lot more difficult but you do have to take the ordinary passes take what this defense gives you and at least stay on the field the worst thing we could see is consistent three and outs because you're trying to look for the big play big game hunting and we know Justin Fields likes to do that but you got to make the ordinary passes first, get those checkdowns going, get in the rhythm, and then hopefully later hit those big plays downfield. Totally agree with you. And I believe in order for them to hit these ordinary passes, they also have to succeed in my very first key, which is interior protection. Because any offense, if you want any chance to succeed, you do need some sort of protection smack dab in the middle of that line. Without it, I mean, it's really all over. Pressure on the edge, we know that can hurt. But pressure, consistent pressure up the gut, that's a killer for an offense. And when I watch the Eagles and what they're able to do against the Giants, a lot of that was just due to wreaking havoc in the interior of the trenches. They got two sacks from the defensive tackles, but also 11 other pressures on top of it. I mean, that's just brutal. And the, the what makes them just dangerous up front is that the, you mentioned it, the quality depth, the ability to just rotate consistently throughout it. Yeah, Fletcher Cox, Sue Hargrave, Milton Williams are all capable pass rushers. And they just were able to kind of keep them fresh, which makes life difficult for that offensive line. And Brandon Graham, Reddick, Patrick Johnson on the edge, they're dangerous in their own right. Last week, 16 total pressures. So it's not going to be a key where I can say, hey, let's just move the pocket this week because every <laughs> single offensive lineman, they're going to be challenged. They're going to have to step up this week to give Justin a chance and allow him to succeed as a passer, but also get this ground game moving. So it all starts up front, and I think this week it all starts in the like interior. So your guards, your center, like they need to be at their A game this week to give this Bears offense really a chance. They definitely do, Will, and this plays into my my second key, which is play physical, and I I mean specifically the offensive line. Look, you mentioned all those defensive linemen, Will, right? And the Bears are going to have to run with the five guys that they usually have on the offensive line, right? It's not like you're rotating offensive linemen to give them a breather, but well, when well, the guys... Well. Alex Leatherwood, right? Over on that right tail. I know it's a different kind is this of rotation. The, I, that's the thing. I'm glad you, you bring that up because is this the game, though, where you want to put an inexperienced offensive lineman against that front? And, I, you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but... Like, that's going to be the game that the Bears have to, you know, ask themselves to see, is that the best option? And look, they're going to have a slight rotation. That's what Irifluss was saying. I think they said 
you know, it's going to be dictated on practice. Wednesday practice happened. Well, we didn't, the media can't stay for that portion. So we know how much, how important that is to, um, you know, Eberflus and the Bears. But to kind of get back to it, playing physical is going to be huge because the Bears want to run the football. And this Eagles defensive line knows how to play physical, can get fresh guys in that can also play at 100% when this Bears offensive lineman's offensive line is trying to sustain drives. So you need to create lanes. You need to push the line of scrimmage. You need to create r- rushing lanes for David Montgomery and, and Justin Fields. And if you don't, you don't want to get one dimensional. You don't want to be forced to passing the ball early on in this game because that's where bad things can happen. So this offensive line has to show up and that's asking a lot. Like I say that, but that is asking a lot uh, out of any offensive line going against the, the Philadelphia Eagles. But they have to do a better job than they have done in some games to at least make this competitive early on in this contest. A million percent. I want to give a bear down right back to Mama Bear. She's been supporting like us since like early Bears Bros days. Like er- Speaking of which, I still can't believe that I found a wine at the store that was Bear Bros wine. And I, I don't know why I didn't buy a bottle. I'm going to have to. Like you're gonna have to have it, and like you said, we need to, you know, smack them with a subpoena. Although I don't know what <laughs> weight we have after all these years and brand changes and whatnot. But Nick, everything you said makes a lot of sense for your key, and really, I think we're just gonna kind of keep bouncing back and forth off one another and just building this because my second key is avoid negative plays. Mm-hmm. We mentioned this Eagles unit and how dominant they are. Let's get some context. They are either number one or number two in the league in yards allowed per game at 297. Passing yards allowed at 178.7, sacks at 3.8, takeaways at 1.8, and yards per play at 4.8. They're also the third best defense on third down over the last three weeks, only allowing offenses to convert on 26.5%. So that's like one out of every four. And then you're just getting off the field. So the Bears, I mean, they just need to do an okay job. I'm not going to say a great job, an okay job on first and second downs to just avoid the Eagles as you mentioned, going all out against the pass on third and longs. You can't get one-dimensional. You have to keep them in downs and distances that are just going to force them to at least honor that it can be a run or it can be a pass. They don't just know exactly what you're going to hit them with. And so just to do that, you have to limit the amount of negative plays. That is paramount. You also need to run the ball well enough on those early downs because if they bottle it up and you get one-dimensional, like you said, pass, 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 it's all the same. They're going to pin their ears back. They're going to get at you every single time. And it's more than just avoiding sacks and tackles for a loss. Like you have to keep, have a clean game penalty wise, no holding, no false starts. Don't put yourself behind the sticks. This is not a defense that you can succeed with uh, doing so. And of course we've seen Justin do some special things on third down and long, but you shouldn't have to just expect him or make him find some magic uh, on those dis- downs and distances. So for me, just avoiding or limiting negative plays is a huge one for the bears. If you want any chance of staying on the field and potentially putting up points. No doubt about that. Well, real quickly, um, Alan Williams was at the podium and here's what Adam Hogan, Mark Carmen, our colleagues uh, got from them real quickly. Bears defensive, uh, defense corner Allen Williams on the Eagles offense. I'm not quite sure they have any weaknesses. And like, it's just like, I'm seeing all these tweets come in about the Eagles and how, Hey, look, Oh yeah, that's perfect. Uh, perfect timing there. Well, but like everything that we're, we're going to talk about, it's going to be, you know, heavily in the, the Eagles favor. So please, if you're a bears fan, stay with us. This is still an entertaining show. You're going to learn more about the bears and the Eagles and you know, this, this entire matchup. But my last key real quickly, Will, and as I was watching the film yesterday on, on this Eagles team, is just keep Fields alive. I do not want to see this, and no, no Bears fan does want to see a repeat of the Washington Commanders game. If that is the case, that's where things can get really ugly. Not, not only for this contest, but for 2023. You don't want to see him stack up those hits to try to extend plays because he wants to keep his team in the game. That's Just Fields is a competitor. He's going to do that. But with the defensive line, the the way they execute their stunts, their twists, well, it's it's honestly fun to watch. Uh, to be mm-hmm. completely, I was watching the, how they were able to execute on the Giants um, last Sunday to perfection, getting after Daniel Jones is because those defense alignment are so well coached. Well, one of the things Sam Musper said earlier in the week was that you know the offensive line needs to work on you know blocking against those stunts, those twists, and hopefully they learned something over the bye week, but. 
this is going to be a absolute test for them on Sunday. And I just don't want to see Fields running for his life, taking all the, the hits that he did in that Commanders game, it just in this game as well, because that, that could lead to he's still playing with that separated shoulder. Well, it's not like it just magically poofed, went away. So it, he needs to just be smart about this. And the offensive line can't lose their one on one in 0.5 seconds. You do that, like the interior pressure you were talking about in your first key, it just can lead to a lot of bad things that happen in this game. So hopefully that's not the case. They they have a good enough game plan to keep him alive, like I put in my key, and that'll, that'll help the Bears moving forward. Yeah, that's everybody's hope. You're a million percent correct. And that's part of the interior pressure that I think I did feel to mention is that it's not just going to be the interior guys because they do those loops. They do those stunts. So those edge rushers are going to be going around the linemen. And you're just going to have to keep your head on a swivel because guys can be coming at you really from every and any direction at any given time. My final key here for the Bears offense, boy, isn't it easier said than done? Sustained drives. There's really only one game that the Eagles have lost this year. So it's so easy to go back to that one, rewatch it and just fi- figure out what the blueprint is to beat this team. And one thing that jumped out to me immediately was just how little that the Eagles were actually on offense in that game because the commander's offense were the ones on the field for the majority of the game. They're on it for 40 minutes. Uh, so if you're doing math, that's two thirds of the game, 66%. And how did they do that? Well, they stuck to running the football, 46 mm-hmm. rushing attempts that kept the clock wow. moving and that kept that dangerous Eagles offense off the field. So building off of like really all of our keys, The Bears just, you know, of course, with the negative plays, keeping those to a minimum, the sure blocking, making those ordinary passes. And again, Justin can do some special things in those third and long situations, but you don't want to count on that every single time. And I've also mentioned, hey, the Eagles are the third best third down defense over the last three weeks. But Nick, what if I told you that the Bears offense on the year is the sixth best third down offense? And if you look at over the last three weeks, they hold that same rank. That just blows my mind. Like, I know it. We've seen it. We felt it. But for a Bears team that over the last millennium (laughs) has struggled on third down, to see them be a top 10, almost a top five unit here, even though the points haven't always followed, they're at least staying on the field more than we've seen in the past. No, that that is a encouraging yet surprising stat all in one, Will. And I'm glad the Bears are, you know, in in that realm finally, because like you said, probably a millennium since the Bears have ever been there. But it's good. And obviously they're going to be tested with a it's not even the, just a front seven like these corners can cover the, the safeties. And they lost uh, Chauncey Gardner for, I think, the season. But they have a lot of guys on this defense that make it difficult to execute on third down and. We'll see what Luke Getze, Justin Fields, and his weapons can do uh, on Sunday to hopefully you know, have some production on that very important down. million percent. Let's switch over to this Bears defense, get some keys on this side of the ball. I'll begin with my first key, which is bottle them up. The Bears need to find a way to stop the Eagles on the ground. This plain and simple. The Eagles are the second best team, tied for second best in the NFL in rushing yards per game right behind the Bears at 162.2. And the reason why this key is bottle them up and not just like Miles Sanders or Jalen Hurts is because you have two guys right here that you have to game plan against on the ground. Miles Sanders has 1,068 yards and 5.2 yards per carry on the year. He's seventh in attempts, but fifth in rushing yards this season. And we know what Jalen Hurts can do. He can, well, I'm going to say it, sorry, hurt you with his legs. Oh, I thought you were about to exit after I said that there, Nick. Third (laughs) most yards as a quarterback behind Fields and Lamar Jackson this season, but his 10 rushing touchdowns lead the bunch. And for this key, I have a key within a key or a matchup within a matchup, which is red zone rushing defense because the Eagles are dangerous. I mean, scary good inside the 20 when it comes to their ground attack. Jalen Hurts has the most rushing attempts of any single player in the NFL inside the 20. Not most for a quarterback, the most rushing attempts for any player inside the 20 this season at 42. He has the second most yards here, too, at 120, and the third most rushing touchdowns in the red zone at nine. And is this a bad time, Nick, to mention that Miles Sanders is second in the NFL with his 10 red zone rushing attempts, uh, touchdowns, and fourth in the league with 107 rushing yards inside the 20? Is this a bad time to say that? It was, it was. Well, I was already trying to get over Jalen Hurts, but then you just add that on there. It's like, yeah. oh my. Yeah, so that's tough. 
Yeah, it is tough. And they do a good job. The reason why they're so effective on the ground uh, in this area of the field, really just in general, are those RPOs or just those read options. The Eagles use those a ton, puts those defenses in a post-snap conflict. And Jalen Hurts has done a tremendous job this year of making the right decision most of the time. And the team has thrived on the ground as a result. So you have to bottle these guys up somehow. And with the Bears run defense and how it's been this season, very tall order for them. But most importantly, inside the 20, you can't let them run all over you, but they've been running over defenses all year, so I don't know uh, of the chances, but it's definitely something you have to go out there and at least say, hey, we're going to at least try to make this not happen. Yeah, that's I think as a defense, you you got to say, we want to try to take this away because trying to take away everything the Eagles do is nearly impossible, but it's it's a tall order like you just mentioned, with, especially with the stats that you, you gave me and all the listeners, so that, that's encouraging too, Will. Uh, my first key on defense with getting Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker back is just going to be communication. We actually saw the backups against the Green Bay Packers play pretty effectively uh, for a majority of that game. It's because the communication was on point, so with guys coming back after missing two games, now no Eddie Jackson as they come back, so that's a big uh, change for, for these young uh, players in the secondary. Just got to make sure you guys are all on the same page because you have some very explosive weapons that Jalen Hurts can utilize on any given play. So that's going to be huge in this one. So Allen Williams obviously getting the message across to to every defensive player, but specifically Kyler Gore and Jaquan Brisker who are coming back uh, after being cleared off the concussion protocol. So having good, clear mu- communication in the secondary is going to be big to limit some of the explosive plays that the Eagles are more than capable of making at any point in the game. So if they can communicate effectively, try to limit some of those things that the Eagles like to do, you're going to make it slightly more difficult for them to execute their offense, but just, just slightly. Just, just a smidge. So you mentioned like these guys are coming back. I'm interested to see what this is going to do to the secondary uh, at the safety position, because we saw DHC out there. We saw some Elijah Hicks and how do they, who do they think is that best counterpart to Jaquan Brisker and if will they rotate between those guys or would it just be DHC being that starter and then having Elijah come in in those dime packages? I'm really curious to see exactly how they're going to go about it. My guess would be you want the veteran out there with a little bit more experience in DHC, but also at this stage, like getting Elijah Hicks some extra reps, I don't think is a bad thing really whatsoever. And you mentioned Gordon coming back and Brisker coming back, which is a perfect lead into my second key, which is no rust for those rookie defensive backs because the good news like you said is hey they're returning uh but the bad news is it's been four weeks to the day it's going to be uh since their last game action and with an opponent as skilled as the eagles there is absolutely zero room for rust it has to be knocked off this week in practice aj brown devonta smith dallas goddard quez watkins are all of more than capable of doing damage to this defense. And Kyler Gordon versus Smith in a slot is going to be a really intriguing matchup. But they also like to throw Quez in there at times and even mm-hmm. A.J. Brown. So for Kyler Gordon, he has a tough day ahead of him going up against these guys with different skill sets. And just for quick context of like how effective these receivers are, uh, especially Brown and Smith, uh, I just saw via PFF, they tweeted it like 30 minutes before the show, but A.J. Brown has the highest passer rating when targeted in the entire league this year at 133.2 and uh, Devontae Smith is ninth in the league at 115.5 so obviously Jalen Hurts is having tremendous success when he's throwing it in their direction and you know they're going to test these DBs you know they're going to try to see uh, exactly if they're still in game shape because the thing about a concussion is it's not like you can just still like kind of be limited and practice and do some things like you're sidelined. You are kind of just mm-hmm. allowing your brain to heal. You're not able to do too much. And you came out with a tremendous article earlier today on allchio.com uh, when you got some, you know, got to talk about or to some of these guys about just their experiences dealing with a concussion and their way back through the protocol. So I encourage everyone to go to the website, allchio.com, check out that great article. But like I said, like with, the talent that the Eagles have uh, and the playmakers plus Hurts, there's just not much margin for error or really rust this week. Well, you're just keep dropping these stat bombs that make this matchup look even more daunting than I'm it is. Sorry. And look, it's just straight up facts. It's straight up facts. But um, yeah, again, just speaks to how good of a team really the Eagles are. I don't even think this is about the Bears. It's just 
how well the Eagles are playing at this point, the playmakers that they have, what they're doing this season is incredible. So, um, you know, that's why I know you're, you're deemed the, the research guy, perfect for it because you you de- definitely dig deep into all the stats that, uh, you know, maybe Bears fans don't want to hear about. But, again, it's just straight-up facts. Uh, my second key for this Bears defense is run to the ball. And Jack Sanborn actually mentioned this on Monday's press conference. He said a key to trying to contain a guy like Jalen Hurts is to have guys around him. So this is where the hits philosophy is going to have to show up um, and be executed to perfection if the Bears, again, want to have any chance of trying to limit. uh, And I say limit because you're not going to take away the Eagles rushing attack, how physical they play, how the offensive line blocks. You're just not going to do it. But you need to have everybody flowing. We know Jack Sanborn is going to be there. But I want to see everybody else get there, too, because that's going to be huge in trying to limit the big runs. And the Eagles against the Giants, they came out of halftime, Will, and they just ran the ball five straight times. We're moving the ball downfield. They're like, we don't care. We're going to be more physical than you. We're going to run the ball. They ended that, that drive with a field goal, but it just speaks to, you know, what the Eagles are capable of doing and what they ultimately just want to do and can do against opposing defenses. So a way that you can, again, try to limit is to have everybody around the football. You better not see any loafs in this game or one that's going to be highlighted on the next day in film room. You're going to get yelled at, get a loaf, and you're ultimately going to give up big plays to this Eagles offense. Like I said earlier in the show, that's capable of making those at any given time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yes, they are. And in order to actually do that key. Do you know what they have to do, Nick? They have to adhere to my third key, which is shed blocks. And it may sound tiny. It may sound obvious, but it is so damn important, especially this week, because the reason why I want it to be a key in this episode is because when I watch the Eagles play, I can't help but just be impressed by how smoothly that offensive line operates and can release up to that second level. They, Their athleticism allows them to just do a few different things that are a little bit like out of the ordinary, like having a guard play that front side defensive lineman. And then Jason Kelsey doesn't even have to worry about a double team. He just pulls around. He goes straight to a linebacker. That's usually the guard's job. So that does add some extra wrinkles to prepare for. And not only do they reach that second level with ease, but their ability to sustain blocks and open space I think is one of the best in the entire league this season they get the leverage and the advantage against the defenses uh, with those options and screen games it just makes it so dangerous linebackers Jaquan Brisker any safety in the box are gonna have to fight through these blocks and just get off them shed them in order to make plays I can just think of so many plays this year with multiple linebackers and for some reason the Roquan Smith ones early on this season are popping up right now but like an offensive lineman reaches the level gets his hands on them, and it's just glue. You're stuck, and you can't have that happen because if not, this defense, they're going to be, be, and I put in my notes, all caps, gashed. They're going to be gashed in this game if not. And it doesn't make it any easier, Nick, that this Bears defensive lineman has been awful. So, like, the double teams up front, probably are going to be minimal, even further allowing those Mm -hmm. linemen just to shoot up to the second level and just get to work without having to worry about the guy next to them and whether or not they can handle their matchup. Like one-on-one, mano a mano, you're good. I'm going to go get him. And that's just going to make life difficult for the Bears. So shedding these blocks are key at the second level. And if not, the Bears are going to really, really struggle to stop the run here this week. Yeah, they definitely will will and uh my my uh my third key like i stopped giving up i gave up on like creating pressure winning your one-on-one match i just i gave up on that so now it's just about rotating the defensive line i think in this one the eagles are capable of doing that because they have quality throughout the entire units of their defensive line but this is a game where if the eagles want to run the ball consistently they probably will you're going to have a tired defensive line but here you go really quickly i say rotate the defensive line maybe some listeners thinking like well nick who the hell do they got (laughs) here you go here's the roster of who they can rotate in and out and it's not very good angelo blackson andrew brown taco charlton travis gibson justin jones alquani muhammad mike pennell jr dominique robinson armand watts so that's that's what you got to work with will in terms of rotating the defensive line, but I think you do have to keep these guys fresh because I think this is going to be a very physical battle up front where the Eagles are going to impose their will. And if you have, not only are you going to be outmatched talent-wise, but if you also are not you know, playing at 100% because you're tired, then you're going to see these gaps just 
you know, just part wide open. Here you go, Miles Sanders. Get it to the second, third level. Do what you need to do. But I think that's going to be something that, you know, the Bears I, are going to try. That's what Matt Eberflus said out of coming out of the, the bye week that they're probably not going to change their linebackers. Their secondary is what they want it to be with Brisker and Gordon back. But he did say we want to start rotating the defensive line. So we'll see what that looks like if they actually start doing that in this game. But it's going to keep some guys fresh and you're going to need – all the advantage advantages with quotes that you can get when trying to go against this this Eagles uh, offense. And uh, the one thing the Eagles to do to counter that would be go tempo and without mm-hmm. substitutions because then you have to keep the same guys on the field. And if they're just gutting you on the ground and they go tempo on top of it, you're going to get worn down and you're coming off a bye. And we'll, it'll be interesting to see what kind of energy this team has after by we all agree the mini by did wonders mm-hmm. but we'll see what this team looks like after a true full week off and again like you want to rotate but the eagles can do some things to make you in be unable or unable to actually do that and that would be a, a bad situation for the bears to kind of be in too all right so those are our keys uh to the game uh, or at least what usually what their keys to success. These are keys in order to hope to succeed. So we hope you appreciate uh, us trying to <laughs> highlight some of those, uh, but let's get into our weekly bears, bold predictions brought to you by green Ridge farm. I'm very excited about mine, but Nick, I want you to go first. What's your bold prediction this week? Who I'm looking forward to hearing yours. Well, uh, my bold prediction for this week, 15 matchup against the Eagles is Jack Sanborn will be the leading tackler in the entire game. And also have the most solo tackles and set a new career high with 16 total tackles. I was trying to think, well, how can I go bold without being too crazy? Well, maybe this isn't too crazy for Jack Sanborn, how he's been playing. The last five games, he had 11 total tackles, 15, 9, 12, and 7. But I think he's going he's gonna to get a lot of work. He's a guy that I said earlier in the show, like he's always around the football. But leading tackler the entire game, most solo tackles, and sets a new career high for himself with 16 total tackles. All right. So whenever the first play happens and someone else gets a tackle and he's not the leading tackler for that play, I'm going to look at you at the box uh, on Sunday. I'm like, you're already wrong because he said the entire game he'd be leading tackles. And I'm going to be a smart ass like that. Oh, well, hopefully the Bears go on defense first. He gets that first tackle. Boom. I'm, I'm good for at least <laughs> that one snap. I won't even count if the Bears kick off and someone else makes a tackle on special teams. I'll be nice. I'll be generous. And I won't oh, yeah. even count that. But when it comes to defense... We'll see. We'll see what uh, what happens. My bold prediction uh, that I've been very excited to kind of unveil throughout this episode, and I don't think it's extraordinary bold, but it's still bold, but I think it would be amazing to watch. 300 total rushing yards by quarterbacks in this game, Nick. Mm-hmm. And that has to be some sort of record if that happens, right? Like, I couldn't figure that out. Uh, no one else had those stats. I researched for like 30 minutes before I just gave up. Uh, but I feel like that would have to be some sort of record because, you know, Fields has the record for the most rushing yards in a single game by a quarterback. In fact, he has two games this year where he's in the top eight by a quarterback ever. And then Hertz just a couple weeks ago had a game with like 157 rushing yards for a QB, which is t- uh, fourth best uh, in wow. NFL history. So there's two capable rushing quarterbacks fields that we feel like, I feel like he may be running for his life a little bit here. I don't want to see that happen, but I feel like he will be. And then Jalen hurts, as I mentioned, is a featured rusher in this offense. He's been very good this year. This bears run defense, as we know, has not been. So I think this is a potential record setting day here for quarterbacks in a combined effort. I really like that. Well, because I mean, going into this matchup, we know about the, the, the rushing capabilities of hurts and fields and, now I, I think there's a maybe a, another task for you uh, to maybe potentially do if that happens. But no, that would be really interesting to see um, how they both do uh, on the ground uh, on Sunday. And to kind of tell, you know, this this segment, our bold predictions is sponsored, presented by Green Ridge Farm. Well, it's a Chicago, Chicago local meat and cheese company that offers a better all natural option. Green Ridge Farm also are the makers of all natural deli meats sausages and their famous meat sticks perfect for tailgating happy hour and school lunches they also have 16 grams of protein per stick perfect for your post-workout snack and you can find them at costco sam's club your local chicago land grocery store and right now when you order any three meat products at greenridgefarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart those meat sticks are free 
simply by using code CHGO at checkout. Good stuff there, Nick. And of course, we all love Green Ridge Farm here at CHGO. Definitely go check them out. Get your, You are not going to be disappointed uh, by anything that you order from them, uh, which leads me into uh, our second partner that I want to tell you about, which is Game Time. Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Have you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat that you thought you never could? The 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert, it's all possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats that you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal on the season than the remaining Bears games. Of course, the Bulls were in full swing, Blackhawks too. Uh, so it's definitely great deals across the entire city of Chicago. In Game Time, they were created by fans for the fans, which is something that really resonates with me and that I appreciate, and they guarantee the lowest price. So if you love CH Joe, you're going to love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description both here on YouTube and your podcast player of choice. So join over the 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and scored the best seeds to all your favorite events. All right, this is the CHGO Bears podcast. Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriano, giving you our weekly game preview episode as we try to find the silver linings into this matchup heading into Sunday against the Eagles. And it's time to give our weekly X-Factors. Nick, I'll kick it over to you. What is your X-Factor for the Bears this week? I think the X factor, it, you put this for both teams, are, are the big plays in this game, Will, because I don't know. I know they're going to be there for the Philadelphia Eagles. And if they are and they're there and, you know, frequently, then this game can get out of hand. But the Bears are also very capable of creating explosive plays as well. Um, you know, prior to the bye week, they were leading the league in explosive plays, 99 to 97 right above the Eagles with two. The Eagles had played only 12 games, the Bears 13 at that time, but still they are capable of making explosive plays. I just don't know how often those are going to happen against this Philadelphia Eagles team on Sunday, but if they are able to generate those and maybe they are Justin Fields runs or, you know, maybe some passes downfield, which I'm not, not too confident in saying, but that could, that can at least make things interesting. Because obviously, anytime you can you can get a big chunk play, you're giving your offense a better chance. And likewise, on defensively, you're taking those away. You're obviously giving your team a chance as well. But I know the Eagles are going to be able to create them against Bears defense. I just don't know. Even at, with how great Fields has been playing, I just don't know how often that's going to come against this Eagles defense, given everything that we've got that we already talked about. So that's my X factor in this one. Nope, that seems like a big one without question. Mine, uh, turnover battle. It's just another one of those blue printy elements for me here, Nick, because in the Eagles' one loss, they turned it over a season high four times. On the year, they have the best turnover differential at plus 14. That's five more than the next team, which is the Ravens at plus nine. And that's just due to having the most takeaways and the fewest giveaways out of any team. It's pretty simple, really. And the takeaways, they've had one in all but one game. They have seven games this season with two or more, and they have eight games on offense with no giveaways. Really clean football here by the Eagles. And as we know, the Bears haven't had a lot of takeaways themselves. They're right in the middle of the pack at 15, but they have the eighth most turnovers in the league at 18. One turnover or more in every single game besides the Dolphins was the only game the Bears did not have a single turnover and they still lost, and are coming off their second three-turnover game of the season. And all, although, you know, two of those came pretty late, one came when the game was pretty much already over, but can the Bears make plays on defense? Can they avoid making mistakes with the ball? And if they do, I think that puts them in their best chance to potentially win. But if not, I think their chances to be on the wrong side of the final outcome just get exasperated from there. If you lose the turnover battle, uh, which kind of plays right into the Eagles' hands. It's been their formula all season long. It's going to be a rough go here for the Bears. So ball protection, ball security, and then trying to be advantageous on defense, special teams, find a way to steal a possession or two from the Eagles would be key. But as I mentioned, it's been very difficult for teams to find ways to do that all season long. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's going to be a tough one. I was thinking turnovers as well. Like you said, the Eagles leading the league, but we'll see. Well, yeah, we'll see uh, who has the edge. Do we just go, do we just say Eagles times four move on or do we actually give uh, some info? I think info makes sense, right? Yeah, I mean, okay, so like I I do have the Bears rushing attack, right? <laughs> that is you. Did yeah. I, I get that wrong? Okay, so that one was, I think, a little interesting, Will. Um, 
I was just looking at football outsiders and seeing where the Eagles are actually ranked in terms of rushing DVOA. They're actually 24th, um, which is kind of surprising given how, you know, how many cable playmakers that they do have. But like I said, are they going to take one dimension away from the Bears? Are they just going to stack the box? Like it, there's a lot of different factors in this one. How often is Justin Fields going to actually run? Uh, given like what's the adjustment they make out of the bye week for their offense? There's a lot of different factors here. And even though I, I thought very optimistically about this one, I'm still going to give it to the Eagles, Will. Uh, I I think just at, by the time the game is over, like you'll see the rushing yards. It's not going to be what the Bears have typically done against opponents. So I'm giving the advantage here to the Eagles. Okay. Real quickly, at least for the Bears passing attack versus that Eagles pass defense. Like here's the thing. Justin Fields is coming off his best passing performance of the season, arguably of his entire career. Yet, unfortunately, it's still hard to consider giving them the edge here against the Eagles because their defense is just really good. Their pass rush is scary good. Good first in sacks, their first in interceptions. They allow the lowest passer rating in the league, the fourth lowest completion percentage allowed. You know, and I can keep going, but I'm I'm just gonna stop. Uh, I've done a lot of these stat bombs throughout the episode and to just summarize it, they make life hell for opposing quarterbacks. Anyway, through the like, in terms of like their coverage, in terms of their pass rush, it's multifaceted, and it's very difficult to succeed against this defense. So I'm going to give them the edge here too. Switching over to this Bears defense, I have the run defense versus the rushing attack, and I've already kind of really went into all of this. And you and I both have struggled to give the Bears an edge in this department all season long, and for good reason. Eighth most yards per attempt allowed, sixth most yards allowed per game, the most rushing touchdowns surrendered, plus the fact that the Eagles have two players in the top six in rushing touchdowns this year in Sanders and Hurts. So pretty cut and paste, clear and dry here. Eagles have the edge uh, on the ground. And then you have Eagles pass attack and that Bears pass defense reinforcements, but is it enough? Yeah, reinforcements always good, but you need an entire army at this point to limit <laughs> what Jalen Hurts and the passing attack are going to do. And it's and I go back to the Bears' lack of pass rush. And when Jalen Hurts is comfortable, I, I just like watching him play because he just sits back in the pocket, surveying, boom, throw, boom, throw. Just the timing, the rhythm. He's He's playing good football. And I really see that being the case on Sunday against this Bears defense. I said rotate the defense alignment. Is that going to help? I really don't think so. Allen Williams can only think of so many different ways to put guys in advantageous situations to try to win their one-on-ones. And, you know, things have not worked out. It's not like they're magically getting a, a, a pass rusher that, that can win his one-on-one matchup. So uh, definitely going with the Eagles here. And I just see... Jalen Hurts sitting comfortable, you know, can have lunch, can do whatever he wants during a given play and then throw and complete a pass and move this this uh, Eagles offense down the field almost effortlessly. He can probably have pizza for breakfast back there. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, if you like dish, yeah, you know, be in Chicago. So there you go. <laughs> you just see him with a box of luminality. He's like, I got the idea. Listen to the CCO Bears podcast. They, uh, they talked me into it. Me I, yeah, I see a comment from uh, Kyle about the Broncos winning and the Bears losing would move them up to two. I just want to verify that he is correct. Uh, that would be the case here if you're looking at draft scenarios. Again, uh, on Saturday, I'll drop my route guide on the website so you know all the teams you should be rooting for and all the draft implications this week for the Bears. All right, so up next, we're going to do some over-unders. Uh, we're going to get tell you who we think is going to win, the MVB, et cetera, et cetera. But real quickly, uh, I want to let you know about private internet access. Guys, with all these local blackouts, like have you ever struggled to watch the Bears here uh, at home? Live in Indiana and stuck with, in the Colts market? I'll raise my hand for that one. Or even worse, you live in Wisconsin and you're stuck in the Packers market. No one deserves that, especially this year. An incredible virtual private network, VPN, uh, like private internet access can fix that for you. Private internet access helps you change your IP address's location to provide an extra layer of security when finding your favorite content. Would you ever just hand you your phone or your laptop off to someone, anyone, and let them per, you know peruse your search history? 
No, may, you know, that may make you rethink some of your habits. So stop internet service providers from invading your privacy and profiting off your data. Private internet access is the world's most transparent VPN. And with over 30 million downloads, you know you'll be able to trust them and keep your online life private. A single subscription allows you to protect up to 10 devices at once. That's pretty phenomenal. Mm. And I know a ton of our fans at home uh, and abroad have been, you know, looking for an assist like this to watch Chicago sports for a while. And I am so excited that we found private internet access. So if you want to enjoy all the benefits of private internet access, now's the time to subscribe. Head over to uh, piavpn.com slash bears and get 83% discount. Seriously, an 83% discount. That's just $2.03 a month. And you also get four months extra completely free. But you must go to piavpn.com slash bears for a truly digital, private digital life. One last time, that link is piavpn.com vpn.com slash bears it's an awesome offer definitely want to take advantage of it while you can and i also want to take advantage of DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl is my go-to when betting on the nfl this holiday season they have the same they have the same game parlays easy and fast payouts player props you name it they got it and right now new customers can bet just five dollars on any nfl team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100, 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. All you have to do is go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same game parlay, and combine multiple bets, which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. My girlfriend and I, we actually made some parlays on the Bulls. The Knicks game last night, we ended up missing our bets by one leg, but we'll have another chance on Friday night and the Bulls takeover event. And, you know, I'll be there to people from CHO, so definitely check that out. But you want to make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now, use code CHGO, place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. Let's uh, kind of keep this DraftKings train rolling because, Nick, we have player props this week in the app, which is very exciting. It's been a few games uh, since we've had that. Of course, a injury to Justin Fields kind of throws uh, some of their mm -hmm. info out the window and makes it difficult to project. All right. So this week, we'll begin with some passing props. Passing touchdown. Jalen Hurts, his line is 1.5. Over, under. We're taking the over, Will. Over, over, for over. There you go. That's even money. That's plus 100. That's not bad. Nice. Yep. Absolutely. What about Justin Fields? Over, under uh, 0.5 passing touchdowns. Does he get one? I think he gets one, Will. I'll, I'll take the over on that all. All right, all right. I'm actually playing at home because we're going to see what this same game parlay would look like if we actually did that. Nice. Right, except I forgot to click the same game parlay button, so I'm already feeling. All right, nice. what about for without well, passing touchdowns? What about yards? Hurts at 236.5. Passing uh, 236? Oh, yeah. He can, he can get that in his sleep, especially against the Bears defense. Yeah, and then I see Justin Fields' uh, line is you can go his alternate passing yard starts at 125 and higher. Would you at least hit that one? Look, for me, I don't know if I'm going to touch anything with Justin Fields' passing yards in this game, Will, but what what are you doing? You got, you got your parlay. You're building it up, adding those legs. Are you putting that in there? I'll do the 125 plus. I feel like he can at least go with that, right? Like that just seems within the realm of possible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's going to be tough, but what I saw against the Packers still True. encourages me where like if he can be a pocket passer and get the ball out quick, make those ordinary passes, mm -hmm. why not? Let's throw over to the rushing props. Oh, yeah. Justin Fields over under 64 and a half. I'll go over. Go over on this one, but I'm like almost hesitant to say that. What about Jalen Hurts at 49 and a half? Oh, yeah. Taking the over on that one, too. All right. We are going over, over, over. Let's see here. Miles Let's Sanders. Here. Let's put Miles Sanders in there. You want you want a Sanders one? Yeah. We uh, can, his... I think he has one at 74.5. I took yes, the over sir. on that one. Yep. <laughs> you already knew, huh? 
I did. All right. We'll suppose some receiving. Uh, AJ Brown over under 69.5. 69.5 go over. All right. Uh, Claypool over under 29.5. Okay. Here's a, a quick update on Chase Claypool, actually. He, we, so I actually, he was at practice. He wasn't practicing. Um, and then my Josh Chirac from MBC Sports Chicago saw him in the locker room with a, a brace still on his knee. Mm. Um, so we, we need to, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know what's, what his status is. If he's, I guess we'll see the injury report later today with Chase Claypool. So any props I ain't touching. All right. I'll I'll do two more here for receiving and then we'll quickly move on. Cole Komet over under 24 and a half. Over, over 24 and a half over. And then Devonta Smith over under 49 and a half. We'll take the over in that as well. Man, this is a heck of a parlay, man. You don't even want to know make the odds money. right now. We are going to make that money. Uh, will there be a fumble loss in this game? If you say yes, I'll click it. If you say no, there's no option. Uh, yes, there will. Why? Wow. Yeah. Why, why not? All right. How many total touchdowns for the Bears? Give me a number. Uh, one. <laughs> okay. Probably two. Total touchdowns for the Eagles. Give me a number. Four. phew all right, we just did the thing. So out of all of that, just want to let you know that came out at plus 12,000. Good, good. I like that. That's, that's nutty. So if you just threw $10 in there at DraftKings, you'd win $1,200. Look, just put it in. It's all going to happen. Like we I'm going right to keep it saved in my phone for later. So after the episode, I'll log in and I'll use some of my funds and we'll do the Chicago, uh, the CHGO audible over under segment parlay and we'll see what happens. Nice. I have a $10 free bet sitting right in my account right now. Well, I'll go back, re-listen to everything we put in there and oh. you know, we'll all be a thousand dollars richer. There you go. I was going to just screenshot it for you, but yeah, you go back and re-listen. You can do it the hard way. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, the screenshot also works. <laughs> they also have an awesome feature where you can share your bet mm-hmm. by the way. So I can do that. So DraftKings, awesome stuff. Go check them out. Use that code CHGO. All the benefits behind it we've already mentioned, uh, but it's just a lot of fun and uh, whatnot. All right, let's get into our MVBs. And I put in quotes other than Justin Fields this week, because if we didn't, we're both going to say JF1. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, that's exactly who we would have gone with. Okay, so you're up first. Who's MVB at the end of the day? Well, also, I thought too, um, you know, I, I wanted to pick somebody that I think I, haven't picked before and i don't know why i picked yeah so i'm going with jaquan brisker coming back from that concussion protocol and you know he's going to be i think in the box a lot he's also has his responsibilities of trying to contain devonta smith aj brown everything that the eagles are going to throw at him and he's a guy that listening to him in the locker room yesterday he looks forward to these types of matchups and obviously coming off the concussion you know the concussion He's like, well, I'm still going to be the fast physical player that I, you know, that I am. So obviously you got to be, I think, a little careful with that still. But Jaquan Brisker is a baller. He wants to go up against the best competition. He's getting some of the best that he's going to face, you know, so far in the in his young NFL career. I think he's going to make a lot of plays. And this is somebody that's not Justin Fields or the guy that you're going to mention. Yeah, the guy that I'm going to mention that I was slightly surprised you didn't, but you could have just saw what I put in our notes and like, eh, I'll do something a little different here. I'm going with Jack Sanborn. No real big surprise. Uh, I'm probably just writing the high uh, of the article that I published earlier this week. Go check Mm -hmm. that out. It's a good comparison between him, a fellow undrafted free agent linebacker out of Wisconsin, uh, and TJ Edwards over there in Philadelphia, who's a few years ahead, but is now one of the best middle linebackers in the league. And I believe that is a easy path for Sanborn to follow. So go check out that article. But why do I believe he'll be the MVB when it's all said and done? Well, he is fourth among linebackers and tackles since he took over a starting role. He's also fourth in run stops in this time span. And Nick, you talked about it earlier with your bold prediction. Like Sanborn is just going to have opportunities to make plays all game long. And I'm excited to see uh, if he can work through that offensive line at the second level and get after, run after the ball and make some of these tackles. He should easily lead the team in tackles. I agree with you there. 
Heck, I think he can easily lead this team in tackles for a loss uh, at the end of this game. Mm -hmm. But I would love to see him add just one more thing, an impact play, a forced fumble, an interception. Give me something a little bit extra that leads to a turnover here. And again, very difficult opponent to do it for. But if we're going to go for MVB, you have to make a standout play here or there. So for me, it's going to be Jack Sanborn. And for us both going uh, defense, I, I know it's other than fields. I think that makes a lot of sense when you go out of who else besides Justin? You're looking at this defense and for someone to make a play. Yeah, and I guess if you're looking at offense, are you picking like a David Montgomery? Because you know they're, they're going to mm. utilize him. But I, yeah, again, like your your reaction is like how I felt about even wanting to go anybody on offense, to be completely honest, other than Justin Fields, of course. So I think it just made sense for this matchup. All right, who wins? It's a loaded question, I know, Nick. Uh, but at the end of the day, what's the score? What's the outcome? Yeah, the Eagles win this one, you guys. Like, there's it. I don't want to say it'll take a miracle for the Bears to come out with a victory because you never know. Uh, with the Bears coming off a of bye week, and we've seen you know some close games happen throughout the NFL these past couple of weeks, but just a lot to handle. With. I'm trying to actually go back to really quick to DraftKings. What's the, the spread on this game? And I, I don't have them, I don't think I have them covering that. I have the Eagles 34, the Bears 20. And it looks like the spread in this one, nine, minus nine, plus nine for the Bears. I, yeah, it's not happening, Will. And I think it's – you look, the bottom line here, just get Justin Fields out of this game healthy. If you can come out of that, that's going to be – that's a win in itself. Because, again, I am concerned about what the Eagles can do uh, against this Bears offensive line and knowing that Justin Fields does have that separate shoulder still. But Eagles 34, Bears 20. Okay. I'm right there with you. I have Eagles 40, Bears – 21. I'm not going to rehash a million reasons why I think the score is going to be where I put it. Uh, we already know uh, that the Eagles are the mo more talented team. Uh, they're just way ahead of the Bears in pretty much every facet of the game right now. So it's just losing to a better team at home again. I mean, the Bears are nine point underdogs at home. I think it tells you what people think uh, about this game and how it's going to kind of shake out. But yeah, I think we did a great job of this whole episode explaining. And I've given a lot of those, you know, those truths, but they hurt kind of deals. And I'm just <laughs> going to save everyone some of those hard feelings right now. So. Eagles 40, Bears 21. How confident are you, though? Obviously, we're both sub five because we have the Bears losing. I think I'm at one of the lowest I've ever put of their years doing a confidence meter at a one. Oh, okay. So I just put it as a two. So, okay. um, you know, point, again, these are very low on our confidence meter. I don't know if I've ever even been this low before uh, going into a Bears matchup, maybe a Bears-Packers game at some point. But even then, I feel like it would be higher than what this is about to be on Sunday. And again, not to rehash everything, but the Eagles are just loaded everywhere. We didn't even talk about Boston Scott and their kick returning ability. Like he nope. could go, he could pop off of any moment. I was watching that Giants game. He's just getting these explosive returns. Like, man, Ed, that is another wrinkle. The Bears just have to think about all three phases. Really? The Eagles can give you fits and we're probably going to see a lot of that happen on, on Sunday. Uh, absolutely. That's a good extra thing to add here real quick. All right. So that's going to do it for like pretty much the meat and potatoes of the show. I think we have like up to nine questions start up for us, Ooh. which is awesome. Thanks everyone for throwing a question to the chat that we could address here on the show. Let's throw up that first bad boy. Uh, Steve B super chat. Thank you, Steve for the super chat. Uh, will CHGO have a will and Nick draft preview and mock drafts on a show together. Uh, of course, you know, we're a few months out of that. Uh, go the Bears bros. Appreciate it. Maybe you kept the S off so, to avoid the NFL coming after him like they came after us with that name. Uh, but regardless, Nick, uh, I'm certain uh, that you and I will be doing lots of mock drafts and preview content together. I know last year we had a lot of fun with our mini series on cornerbacks uh, that we did, uh, yeah. which was a lot of fun. And we got to learn about some of these guys, including – Kyler Gordon uh, was on that list, uh, and then he ended up being selected by the Bears. But I'm going to say yes, I'm certain that Nick and I will be doing a lot of Bears content, both draft and hell, free agency content too, uh, once we get to the offseason. Really good question, and I look forward to it as much as I'm sure you are, Steve. Yeah, and Steve too, like we're a couple months out, like, yeah, but I think people wouldn't <laughs> mind that like in the next two weeks, if you can be honest. But definitely, uh, you know, just to echo what Will said there, we will be on the draft free agency frenzy that is going to be here. And it's going to be a fun one for, for the Bears to take part of. 
Well, the fun thing here, Nick, is, you know, every year besides this year, this is the first year where we're going to be heading into the combine with a whole month of like time, almost a month and a half to like actually like research these guys and really figure out more about these players before the combine. Because every year prior, we were balancing full time jobs uh, on top of doing the Mm -hmm. bear stuff. And this is the first year where like this is our job and we can spend our days actually researching uh, this instead of having to take care of other obligations. So I'm just really excited to see how that's going to just further increase, I think, the level of coverage we're going to be able to provide about, uh, on the draft. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. All right. What's next? Uh, Matthew wants to know, do we agree it isn't sustainable against the Eagles defense and other great defenses to force ourselves a ton into third and longs and convert by field tremendous playmate? Matthew, man, that's like right up my alley of what I was talking about earlier uh, with uh, sustaining drives and uh, limiting those negative plays. And I, I think I almost said like, don't you, you can't rely on fields every single time to bail you out. Like he's done a great job, but it's something that you shouldn't have to really ex- uh, ask of him as much as they have been having to ask it of him. So I'm right there with you. It's you're going to have to be able to succeed on those earlier downs. And this year, fine, whatever it's going to be, what's going to be. But next year, if the Bears want to be a much more competitive throughout the entirety of the season, you're right. This has to be cleaned up. No, it definitely does because you don't want to force Justin Fields to always be that guy every single time. Obviously, he's capable of it, but you know, you would like to be in the situation where you're at third and three, right? Third and four, third and manageable instead of these third and longs where Fields is capable of using his playmaking ability. But that's how you know, I think, as an offense, you're getting better. If you're getting to more of those third and short and manageable situations that you don't have to put everything on third down and just one guy to make the play. So, absolutely. All right. What do we have coming up next? Uh, Nomad, uh, have you noticed number 59, Ray is in practice? And if so, how's he looking? I have not. Um, so yesterday was a, we were inside the Walter Payton Center. And I mean, you see him out there, but they're not really doing too much um, for the portion that we actually get to watch practice. But I was asking a couple of the guys yesterday, like when... I knew he had uh, uh, Sammy Reyes had moved from tight end to defensive end, but how long ago was that? Does anybody actually know? Because I I don't remember exactly the Bears announcing. I don't think they actually even did. I know it was like it's more than three weeks ago because I have all the roster sheets from every day. And like, oh, yeah, Reyes, defensive end. Like, when did that happen? But I haven't noticed anything in particular. But, hey, I talked about defensive line rotations. He needs to get on the active roster first. But the dude's built like a Greek god. I'd like to see what the hell he could do out there trying to rush the quarterback. I wonder what, like, led to that. Like, how do you decide? Is it because he wasn't it at the tight end? And you're like, well, we need to figure out another spot for this guy because he has athleticism and talent. And we just need to bottle up. Or was he just blasting off the line on offense and they're like, damn, we need that explosion on the other side of the ball. And we're going to flip you. That's a interesting, interesting scenario. I want to, I'll try to talk to him on Friday just to see how the hell that, you know, played out. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll see what I can get. I look forward to it. All right. Uh, is he going to make an MVB t-shirt? Love the logo. I, I, I love the logo too. Ooh. We'll run up the flagpole. I can't say yes. Yeah. Uh, but I say that intrigues me and uh, we'll see what we can do. And we have a lot of awesome, merch uh, on the locker too right now you can definitely go check out the chgolocker.com uh dave uh any concern that claypool doesn't play i know you kind of mentioned still seeing that brace on and we avoided him during the over under i think that's telling to me yeah and again we'll see if he's back at practice today but he was just on the sideline talking to luke getsy talking to uh tolbert the wide receiver coach and I don't know. Again, he was in that brace and uh, we just got to see how that kind of progresses throughout the week. But, you know, we'll get the injury report in a little bit. Adam and Mark are there right now. Hell's Hall, so we'll see. But right now I, it's not looking too good. But again, we'll see how that that um, updates later in the day. There you go. Uh, James, what would be the draft implications if the Broncos tie the Rams on Christmas? You're one week ahead, so hold this question for next week because this week we have the Broncos going up against the Cardinals, uh, which is a very winnable game for them. And if they beat the Cardinals and the Bears lose, the Bears do go back up to number two. uh, And then the Rams have the Packers on Monday night this week. And it's the same kind of boat where right now if the Bears end up winning and a Rams loss, the Rams would flip-flop 
over the Bears, moving the Bears down. So we need to see how like these two games shake out. Uh, and then we'll have a clear understanding of what that tie does. But it's a really interesting scenario that I'm looking forward to kind of figuring out uh, next week when we have a little bit of a stronger understanding of implications heading into week 16. All right. Any others? I'll give it a second to come up on the screen. I think we are good on that. So, Nick, any final thoughts before we wrap up? I mean, look, we laid it all out there. This is a almost looking like a one-sided matchup, but I think going back to what you said, will like if if it's a you know Fields can stay upright and just kind of enjoy it. Like you're seeing a really good offense, good defense, good football team come to Soldier Field, and if Justin Fields can uh, look, I know on Monday night we were saying if I I said like throw for throw match Jalen Hurd be awesome, and if you still could do that, that would be great, but like don't don't get too discouraged by how bad the bears get beat by this team because this is uh you know i wrote earlier in the week like, super bowl contender a legit super bowl contender so like i said fields can come out of this healthy he looks good and you know defense still gives up all the points that they do i think that's i want to say it's a win but you know it wouldn't be the the worst thing in the world like i said it's a very good football team yep i mean that's where I think we just need to keep our headspace at. It's not one where the bears go out there and they struggle on both sides of the ball that you should be banging red into a wall or anything. Like it's looking on paper. Like that's exactly the case at how it should end up kind of playing out. And I don't think that's any, you're not going to, I don't think we're going to learn much about the bears that we don't already know. Uh, like in terms of like defense, maybe, just in this offense, if they click against this defense and kind of have a similar output through the air like they did against the Packers, then we can sit back and be like, oh, something special is really starting to build here in Chicago. And like those are the things that, like, for me this week, as much as I'm going to enjoy the show, I'm still going to try to find and outline like those mini wins uh, that get me excited for next season, whether it's a player that I'm hoping to develop or Justin taking those next steps. Like, that's where I'm at right now at this point of the year. So it's like, find those small victories, find those building blocks that the bears can utilize next season and not to get too down on some of the mistakes or some of the mishaps against, well, really a really tough stretch here to end the season, starting here uh, with this big time game against the Eagles on Sunday at soldier field. But I want to thank everybody uh, for tuning into today's episode. Uh, the chat seemed like it was pretty lit, uh, which for a game like this, that, I know Nick and I, when we were previewing it, we're like, oh boy, like how are we going to make this like a full episode? Uh, I just appreciate everyone sticking with it. And I thought we did a great job of doing that. And we'll see you all after the game uh, on Sunday, one way or the other. Uh, but until then, have a great weekend. And of course, bear down, Chicago.